Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi guys, welcome to this episode of the podcast and uh, I'm cross. I am, I'm cross. Not quite sure why I'm cross. No, I know why I'm cross. I know why I'm cross and I'm going to share with you why I'm cross because I don't want you to get cross too. So investors, right? Investors, uh, basically we're here to serve investors. They have to know what they want. Uh, they tell us what what they want, and we go out and get it. That's how I work in my business. It's a bespoke service. I go and sit down with investors, spend a bit of time with them, find out what's going on in their lives, find out what they are looking for, find out how the numbers can match up, and then I go out and match the numbers. And here's the thing, why I'm cross. What are the numbers? Now, I know what the numbers are, guys, and you know what the numbers are. But there are some investors, and I'm not talking about new investors necessarily. I'm talking about some experienced investors who should know the numbers, and that's what makes me cross because maybe they know the numbers, but they're just um, making things a little bit too difficult. In which case, go and spend some time with somebody else. I've got stuff to do. You know what I'm saying, team? So I want to clarify, because I don't think I've ever clarified this in a podcast episode. What are the key numbers that you need to provide when you're sourcing for an investor? Number one, top of the shop. The universally recognized number that everyone knows what it is, or do you? Gross yield, capital letters. Gross yield is... uh, a number that everyone in the property business should know, that investors should know, that we as deal packages have to hit. And um, I'm going to explain to you now exactly what it is. So get a pen, get a paper. Not if you're driving. I always have to say that. But you'll have to listen to it uh, later. But if you're not sure what gross yield is, we're in the triangle of trust here, team. Don't you worry. What's said on the podcast stays on the podcast. All right, so I'm going to explain gross yield to you right now. Write it down, write it down, write it in stone. This is the correct version of gross yield. It is the total income from the house, the total rent roll. So if it's a single let, it's just one AST, you can find the rent very easily. If it's an HMO, you might have five or six rooms, you add up the total income coming from the rooms. Commercial uh, units are slightly different, so I'm going to stick to uh, single lets and HMOs. Service accommodation, probably, probably, if you're confident you can get enough guests, you can probably calculate the return on the property. The gross yield in that case would be the total income from your guests during a calendar year. So we've got a figure the total income from the property. We then divide that by the total cost of acquisition. Right, what goes into the cost of acquisition? You've got the price of the property, stamp duty, legals, incidentals, deal packaging fees, fees, right? That all goes into the cost of the property. And then you come up with a total figure of what the property has cost the investor, right? Whatever it is. You then take the gross income figure and you divide it by the cost of acquisition figure. 
very simple. That's all it is. And you express it as a percentage. So the percentage is going to differ depending on where you are in the country. Um, so I'm now working based in Peterborough, across the Midlands to Northampton and back the other side to Wisbeach. These are typical numbers where I work. Single lets. So uh, a single let tenant, all the income from a single let tenant divided by the cost of acquisition of a single let property around the 100 grand mark. That's where we are. That's the sort of stuff we're finding in and around uh, Peterborough. The gross yield figure on that is coming in at the moment at around 7 to 8%. 7 to 8%. Uh, that's a Midlandsy type of figure. If you go south, into the south of England, so I live in Brighton. Why don't we do Brighton? Brighton, you're going to struggle to get more than 3 or 4%. Gross yield. Total income divided by the cost of acquisition. Gross yield, 3 or 4%. In London, I've seen figures lower than that, 1 to 2%. But massive, massive capital growth going on. Uh, if you want bigger gross yield, you go north. Go north. The northeast, the northwest, Northumberland, Blackpool. So I've seen some great gross yields in Blackpool. Uh, Liverpool, I'm not sure. It's a bit overshopped at the moment. I would hesitate. Um, but in the north of England, west, um, east lengths, west lengths, those sort of areas, you could probably get gross yields on single lets now still between 10 to 12%. You can. Uh, if you can get double-digit gross yield that is hugely sought after, you are going to find an investor who's going to buy that property. Right Now, the one in the south of England might be a better buy in the long term, even though uh, it might not wash its face up front. Wash its face up front, David. What are you saying? Okay, so what I'm saying is that the rental income uh, might not cover the cost of ownership. So you might have to put your hand in your pocket on a monthly basis uh, to pick up little bills here and there. Uh, but the thing about the property in the south of England, it's going to show over 5, 10, 15 years significant capital growth. And that's what makes us wealthy, significant capital growth. Cash flow on its own will not make you wealthy. It might replace your job, might replace your income, might get you out of your employment, will not make you wealthy. And the houses in the north of England that get 12% gross yield, they might cost £50,000. Okay, that's the sort of house that would get 12% gross yield. And it's taken 2,000 years to get £50,000. You're not going to get a lot of capital growth there. So back to the point, and I'll tell you why I'm stressed about it in a minute. Gross yield is the total income divided by the cost of acquisition. The other metric that every property professional should have in their business is all the net figures. I'm going to net figures now, okay? R-O-C-E, return on capital employed. Absolutely key. Any real investor is interested on their return on the capital they've got employed in a deal. So how do you work that out? Pens and papers at the ready team, here we go. Right at the top, R-O-C-E, return on capital employed. And uh, for return on capital employed, you have to find out the net income, the net income. So you take the gross rent, which we were talking about earlier, and you take off every cost of ownership. Right, anything. So if it's an HMO, 
you're going to have to pay all the services, uh, the insurance. You're going to have to pay for Wi-Fi. You're going to have to pay for some cleaning. You're going to have to pay for in water rates, whatever, right? You're going to have to pay for all that stuff. So all that stuff has to come off your income because we are chasing the net figure here. If it's a single let, you've got to take off definitely your management agent fees. Managing agent fees have to come off there. Uh, any voids, any repairs, that sort of thing. It's all got to come off. We're after a net figure. You finish up with a net figure over the course of the year. doesn't matter which type of investment. We want a net figure over the 12 months of ownership. Then what you do is you find out the net amount of money that you've got left in the deal. So let's assume you've bought a house, a project. I'm going to use a big round number, but it's, you know, Follow the principal team. Follow the principal. This is what it's about. Say the house cost you £100,000, right? Just an example, okay? Um, you might buy it for cash and then remortgage. And then you might finish up with a £75,000 mortgage. So the money left in the deal is £25,000. Everyone clear? You put hundred grand in, you've put... You've leveraged the bank. You've borrowed 75 grand towards it. You put 75 grand in as well. So you can take your 75 grand out again. And then you've got 25,000 pounds in the deal. So your net investment in the deal, the money you've got left, the return on the capital you've got left is calculated thus. Okay. You take the net rent roll, the net after all costs, and you divide it by the net amount of money left in the deal. And this is very simple, very simple. It might sound a bit complicated to explain it, but once you've done it two or three times, you're going to get it. So on the one hand, you've got gross yield, which is gross income uh, divided by the gross cost of acquisition, right? The gross numbers, gross with gross, okay? On the other side, you've got return on capital employed, which is net, net figures, the net income divided by the net amount of money that you've got left in the deal. Great. So far, so good. This is all cool. And uh, those are the numbers you need in your business. You don't need any other numbers, but there's another number that people talk about. And this is the one that really ticks me off because half the world does not understand how it applies to property. And if I'm starting to sound a bit stressed, it's because I'm a bit stressed because I've had a Nike conversation with an investor uh, this afternoon, and here's the thing, investors are always right, right? No, they're not. This investor has not got a clue what they are saying, and they're muddling up their numbers and their arithmetic, and, and what's happened as a result, I can't help them because they don't understand the numbers that I'm producing in my sourcing business for them, which is absolutely meets their criteria, but they're just mashing and mangling. So what's the number that I don't like in property? ROI. ROI in property should be banned. It does not exist. Now, if you're buying stocks and shares, if you're buying an asset, gold, whatever, that hasn't got continuing running costs like mortgages, that hasn't got continuing income flow like tenants' rent, um, that um, is just set in stone or in gold or whatever, uh, and you get a return on it, you sell it over time and you make a profit on it, in those circumstances, ROI works, and I get it. Because, But in property, what you are mixing together is the concept of net, 
income against a gross um, investment. And you can't mix the two. I don't think you can mix the two. And how do you apply um, then the principles of leverage of continuing mortgage payments and voids and repairs and incidentals along the way? How do you do all that? So, of course, there is a correct way to do it. I know how to do it, but investors don't know how to do it. And investors might get it wrong. And they make a cod zero of it, and you presented them with a really good deal. A really good deal, it hits their criteria, and they won't have it. They think it's not a good deal, or you move in the goalposts, and uh, when you try and explain, then they get all defensive and cross and stuff like that. And do you know what? Do I want to work with those people? Really? Really? And sometimes you think, you know, these people should know better. These people actually are supposed to have a big property business. You know, they've got, they work in rent to rent, they work in all sorts of things, uh, but now they want to build their portfolio. And, um, you know, they speak with a certain authority because they've got experience in time in property, but they don't get it. So this is my pet rant for today. It's only short, but you need this information. It's vital information for you. There's only two numbers you need in your property business. Gross yield. You take the gross income and you divide it by the cost of acquisition. Um, in the Midlands, if you express that as a percentage, you're going to come up with 7 8%, something like that. Less in the south, more in the north. The real number, the key number that every investor worth their salt wants to know is the return on their capital employed, R-O-C-E. Absolutely key. And these are both net figures. So the net income after all deductions divided by the amount of cash at the end of the day that's left in the deal. That is a real return. That is a real return. It's very simple. You can understand it. I'm going to have a cup of tea and a lay down because sometimes people tick me off. Did I say that out loud on the podcast? It's true. We're here to serve. But, you know, some people we just can't help. Thank you for letting me uh, blow off about that. I'm, I'm glad I got it out of my system, but it's vital, vital information for you. Make sure you get it right. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.